Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever edition of Pridecast, your home for the podcast of Hofstra Athletics. We're excited today to be joined by the head women's soccer coach here at Hofstra University, Coach Simon Ridioff. I'm Stephen Gorchov, and welcome to the show, Simon. Good afternoon, Steve. Welcome. Happy to be here. Well, Coach Ridioff, we chose you uh, as our first ever guest for this exciting venture because your long history with the university, both as a student athlete, staff member, and now as a coach. Uh, how many years has it been now for you here at Hofstra? Exactly 26 years tomorrow. 26 years tomorrow you arrived in the United States from South Yorkshire, England. That's correct. Can you tell us a little about South Yorkshire, England? It's, uh, it's cold, wet, dark, miserable. People are friendly. Uh, it's beautiful countryside. But very, very different to the Big Apple in New York. Uh, you were 18 when you came to America? That's correct. What made you choose Hofstra? I guess we all know what probably made you choose Hofstra. Probably the coach visited you. Uh, coach Richard Nuttall was the head coach of the Hofstra men's soccer team at the time? Yes. Uh, what do you and Coach Richard Nuttall have in common? Uh, not very much, except for we're from the same hometown. Uh, he came to watch my high school play. He liked what he saw in me and uh, continued to recruit me from that day. And because of our long lineage of being from the same town, Barnsley, uh, we decided, I decided I was more comfortable coming to a university with him at the helm. And uh, it's been the best decision I've ever made. Uh, had you considered uh, university in America at the time when you were... Uh being recruited by Hofstra, or was it kind of because Richard was involved in the process and it was, was there was a comfort factor, or what was uh, the reasoning? It was one of the options. I was going to go to university in England, uh, but quite a few of my high school players had, had been recruited to America as well. Uh, so then the thought of going overseas was uh, planted in my head. Uh, I got some offers from other schools. Uh, but ultimately, uh, like you said, having Richard there, the comfortability of someone uh, with my background, and I felt more comfortable. And plus, Hofstra in New York City was a huge draw as well. So uh, although I had other options, I, I was quite happy that I chose this one. You mentioned Hofstra in New York City. Uh, Hofstra is a school that has a large amount of foreign student-athletes, uh, I'd imagine as being a being one of those when you were in your choosing colleges, that has to be one of the major factors, I guess, in choosing the university. Yeah, it's a combination of everything. Uh, Offshore's location is obviously its number one attraction for a foreign student. New York City is a, a, a huge draw. It's the city that never sleeps. It's one of the biggest cities in the world. Uh, and then on top of that, you've got the beaches, which are twenty minutes away from Offshore. You've got Shopping malls on shopping malls. You've got Nassau Coliseum across the road. You know, the the uh, number of entertainment opportunities at Hofstra was a fantastic draw from my perspective. So you're an 18 year old uh, college freshman from uh, England. Uh, how is the 
process of getting acclimated to not only just Hofstra in general, but America in general? Are there other foreign student-athletes on the team at the time? Uh, how much of a factor is Richard early on in your, what year is this, 1991? 1990. 1990. Uh, yeah, I was one of the few foreign players at Hofstra uh, across the board. Uh, I think International Student Office was a, a much smaller venture back then. So the acclimatizing to America and the culture and the people was extremely difficult. And there was a, a lot of homesickness that first semester. But to be fair, uh, Richard was a fantastic help, but also the players on the team. Uh, as much as the reputation in New Yorkers as rude and obnoxious and, and unfriendly, I found the opposite. I thought people were unbelievably helpful, uh, generous with their time and money and support. And uh, they, they settled me in very well. They took me home every weekend for home-cooked dinners. They did everything for me, laundry, everything. So the people at Hofstra, the players at Hofstra, uh, the professors at Hofstra, they were all unbelievably welcoming and supportive of my, my endeavour. And... Uh, for that, I've been forever grateful. Uh, how hard is that homesickness? Obviously, as an American student-athlete, you can go home for a weekend and kind of get the home feel again. For a foreign student-athlete, if you're going home, you're going home for good again. Uh, you, you don't have that opportunity. It, it, did you really, how much did you really fight that initial year? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's tough for every freshman. Yeah, there's a huge transition for freshmen from anywhere outside of an hour from home. Uh, you know, you're independent all of a sudden and your parents aren't doing everything for you. Going to a different culture has its own barriers to overcome. Uh, it is very difficult. It was difficult for me. Uh, I'm from a very seclusive, exclusive type town where not many people leave and not many people come in. So coming to America and, and experiencing something widely different to my upbringing was uh, difficult to say the least um, but as each month goes past the, the waning of being in England disappears and uh, probably after the first year I started appreciating America more than England and now I consider America my home and England as a place to visit which uh, is almost 360 turn and uh, shows you how much I appreciate this country. Uh, had you known Coach uh, Richard Nuttall before you arrived here to play? I, obviously, you guys were in the, from the same town, but obviously he's a few years older. A uh, few years older. He's about 50 years older, especially <laughs> if you look at him. Uh, no, uh, we didn't know each other, uh, only through the recruiting process. He knew my uh, high school professor, who obviously um, told him that I was a good person and a good player to have. And he followed his instincts, and uh, again, I can't, I can't say how, um, how much gratitude I have to Richard for that. And he's been, a, he's been a father figure, brother, big brother for me for the last twenty six years, and guided me throughout those years. Speaking of family, we have we kind of bypass that. What kind of family do you have uh, back in the, back in England still? Uh, I have uh, my my parents are back home, uh, my older brother, older sister, and two younger brothers. So it's quite a, a large family compared to American terms. Um, but, you know, everybody's back home. There's only me. And now I've just started my own family and life is good. 
we'll get to your per, your family a little later in the interview. Uh, so your career at Hofstra starts in 1991, you said. Uh, kind of gradually gets better and better as it goes on. Uh, you did have an injury early on in your career. Uh, so you spent five years playing for Hofstra? Yep, that's right. Uh, knee injury? Yes. Uh, how did that... That was your freshman year, that injury? Sophomore. Sophomore injury. How did that kind of shape you in terms of your uh, career? Did you, what? Uh, sometimes people say injuries can help them, like mold them into the player they, you know. Yeah, um, it's a strange one. The freshman year is almost an acclimatizing, understanding what to expect from a college-level team and how do you integrate into that ability and um, how you fit in. You have a position where you... you as a freshman, you, you're trying to you're trying to be liked. You you want people to like you. You want to fit in, and and you, it's finding your niche within the team. And again, like I said, the players were fantastic with me. Sophomore year, you come in with higher aspirations. I'm gonna I'm gonna step up. I'm gonna be a leader. Um, I was fortunate to be voted captain, and I tore my ACL in the first game of the season. Uh, obviously, devastated that. That took me back emotionally, but on the on the positive side, uh, the athletic trainer at that time, Suan Mauer, said this this could be a good thing for you. You know, it means you're going to get an extra extra year at the back end of your career. Uh, might allow you to either take your undergraduate studies a little bit slower, or in my situation, uh, start a graduate program. And from that perspective, it was fantastic. It allowed me to physically get better because I could focus more on uh, the physical side of the game. And it also allowed me to have an extra year in America and do my grad school and then move on from there. So uh, it was a a huge blessing in disguise, although at that time I I thought my life was going to end. Your your career time at Hofstra is is actually a period of time during the program when it was really growing and there's guys that were on that team that are still very much associated with the program today and all-time greats of the program. Uh, how would you characterize your career? You were an all-conference performer, uh, but you weren't maybe the leading scorer. What, how, would you, how would Simon Ridioff say, what kind of player would Simon Ridioff say he was? Um, definitely not the most technical. Uh, I was pretty athletic. I think, uh, I think if you ask Richie Nuttall, he probably would say... I brought a tremendous amount of intangibles to the team. Uh, Leadership, leadership by example. Uh, uh, I was probably one of the hardest workers officers had and probably one of the most sensitive to everybody's needs. And I I think leadership is probably the biggest thing I brought to Hofstra. Uh, My first two or three years were average from a college perspective, but my junior or senior and super senior year, I had pretty solid years. I was, uh, as you mentioned, all conference first team and all regional first team for two years. So overall, I, th- I think I had a, an influence on the program in its fledgling years with Richie Nutto, where we were developing into a, a solid Division One program. So I helped guide the program through that process. And I think I left the place in a, a much better place than I, I arrived. Uh, and again, I was very fortunate to have some really good soccer players around me and some tremendous people to help help me mature in the right manner. 
and uh, and get better every day, and that, I think that's what I did. Would, would you agree that 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 error of half coincidence that you were maybe on it, but would you agree that that error of Hofstra men's soccer was a very a huge time of growth for the program? Like there was a definitely an influx of some talented, uh, especially foreign. I know some of your best friends from yeah. college days. Uh, the Zach Wrights, the world. Yeah, um, yeah, it was definitely a. I wouldn't say the program was in a rebuilding process when I got there, but the the talent of the team was was where Hofstra was. Uh, Richie Nuttall brought in foreigners uh, after me. I think I was probably the the success which led him to bring more. And uh, like like I said, we're some Hall of Fame foreigners have come through that program since and when I left in 1994 we had an extremely successful season we beat Kentucky and Indiana that year and I think that was almost the foundation that that prospered the the next two or three years which led to the regular season championship for America East and some tremendous players on that team and then Obviously, moving further down the 2005 season and so forth. Um, now, now you've got a program that's nationally recognised. When I first got here, it was possibly locally recognised, and that was it. So, um, you know, you've got to give kudos to Richie and and what he's he's been able to achieve. And I like to take some credit that I was part of the building of that process. Uh, not that I take credit, but I was part of that. Early, early stages of success, which has now now blossomed into a tremendous amount of success for a great program. So let's get more into the uh, personal side of Simon Ridioff. You uh, you finished playing in 1995, right? Uh, where does Simon Ridioff go from there? I guess you've started your graduate degree at that point. Yeah. Uh, where where do you go from there? Again, uh, it goes back to the generosity of people in America, um, you know, at, at Hofstra. After that fall semester, I got an RA job. So I was fortunate that somebody hired me to be a, a resident assistant at Hofstra. And uh, Mr. Bloom in the sports facilities department, um, under the guidance of Varick Boyd, I think, kind of hired me. I'd worked for Varick and in a lot of sports facilities events during my five years. And they hired me to be a grad assistant, which allowed me to continue my grad studies stay legally in the country and uh, extend my uh, my new life in America and a lot of people were very helpful in that period and uh, again I'm I'm being very fortunate and I worked hard but you know I've got a, a huge slice of luck on the way as well so it was a good time to learn how to tarp floors set up tables chairs and yeah. and work uh, sporting events at the James M Short Stadium and other facilities right and I think uh, if you look back 20 years, it, I've been at Hofstra for 26 years, and if you look back to what we had to do 20 years ago to what happens now, it's monumental difference. Uh, I remember working soccer events for facilities and me and Phil Vangeli having to hold up the, the uh, American flag you know, for the anthem. Instead of We didn't have a flagpole then, we just had a, an American flag and a, a table for the scorekeeper. Now you've got flags and stadiums and press boxes everywhere. That didn't happen back then. Uh, so, so all those events were very, very elementary and basic. Uh, 
now they're, they're real proper events, sport, sporting events. Uh, the university's invested a tremendous amount in the facilities. And uh, it's, it's like a, pro, a professional setup now in all aspects. So, yeah, it was great to cut my teeth in, in that environment. And I loved every minute working for sports facilities. Um, not Some people don't necessarily like it as much as I did. It was great work, and uh, I met a lot of good friends during that period, and I still keep in touch with a lot of people from that period, from all different sports, all different workers, and so forth. So you work for played soccer at Hofstra, go to work for sports facilities at Hofstra now, athletic facilities. When do you make the move to coaching and ultimately assistant coach with the Hofstra women's soccer program? Yeah, during that. Early, early soccer career. I did a lot of coaching for Noga soccer camps. Um, again, Gary Book hired me, and uh, I worked. Gary Book, for those not familiar, longtime assistant of Richie Nuttall. Yep, uh, Gary Book hired me for Noga soccer camps. I worked there during the summer and also in the off season, um, and that helped subsidise my uh, pay my offshore bill. And then uh, the the job at for the women's soccer program came full time as assistant coach and I, again I was fortunate to have some really positive influential people uh, supporting me and uh, Joanne Russell the Hall of Fame women's head soccer coach at that time uh, hired me and uh, again luck was on my side I probably wasn't the most uh, highly qualified person for the job but I was exactly what Joanne needed at that stage, and uh, I fit in that nation. The rest is history. Uh, Joanne's program at the time, a very young program, Hofstra Women's Soccer started in 1993, year of club, then 1994 was the first ever season. Uh, you, you've now actually been around Hofstra for the entirety of the program you lead now. Uh, so at what point you're an assistant coach for how many years, and then that, when do you become the head coach? Yeah, I think it was 96 to 2005 I was the assistant, and then 2005 they hired me as the head coach, and and from then on uh, I've been here. So I think this is probably the 20th year I've been involved with coaching on the women's side. And as you mentioned, when I was a player, the women's team was in its fledgling years, and uh, so I know I've, I know pretty much everybody who's come through the program. That, that's really a really remarkable thing, that, uh, and, and it speaks to how well you do with your alumni base that you know the first-ever alums of the program you coach now because you were student-athlete with them, and you know anybody else because you either were an assistant coach for them or their head coach. Right. Uh, even today, uh, Tessa Payne was one of the original uh, founding members of that team, uh, Facebooked me because uh, Leah Galton made the the full national team. So she Facebooked me because she's in the English FA set up in England. And uh, so she she wanted to congratulate me and Leah for making the full national. So I keep in touch with pretty much everybody. Uh, Tess is doing a great job now. She's working for Arsenal ladies. And that's just an example of one of the the founding members of our program and how we, we still manage to keep in touch throughout the years. Uh, you, you continually talk about how blessed you feel about, and not to sound corny, but things have certainly worked out for you well here at Hofstra University at every step. You, 
at every step you almost needed help in your life, you kind of sort of, if you got it from Coach Richie Nuttall, Coach Joanne Russell, uh, the administration, everyone seemed to help you along the way, athletic facilities. Is that fair to say? Yeah, um, extremely lucky. I remember my senior year, I had no meal card, uh, couldn't afford one. And Dr. Richard Block uh, summoned me to his office and sat down and met with me and uh, somehow found me, found me a meal card. Uh, and that's just an example of everybody. You know, Richard Block meant, didn't know me from a hole in the wall. He didn't know anybody. Uh, but he was a vice president at that time and he, he took the time to sit me in the office and chat with me and found, found me a meal card somehow. Uh, and that, that was... That's the endearing thing about Hofstra. I think you've got people at Hofstra who will do anything for you. Uh, they will reach out. They will show generosity. They will show support. And uh, because of that, I have been lucky. People, whenever I've needed it, I've always been able to fall on somebody who would offer their uh, generosity and, and support to me. And that was just one example. But I've got thousands throughout my career where people have have gone above and beyond uh, to help me out the programme uh, and help us uh, continue on the road we are. You're now in double figures and seasons here at Hofstra, the head coach of the women's soccer programme, programme with that has had a multitude of success. Uh, what what do you take most from the, the years of your head coaching career at Hofstra, uh, whether it's kind of surprised you looking back or that you've expected, I guess sort of what's the most gratifying part of it as well? I, I always talk about it, uh, it's relationships. Um, you know, the wins and losses are great. and I'd be, Well, the losses aren't great. Well, exactly, well, yeah, true. Um, but you learn from everything and, you know, you, you take things for granted and, I, again, I've been fortunate. We, we've had a very successful programme and, and from our perspective, we're probably punching above our weight. But that's not the most gratifying thing uh, from my perspective. It's the it's watching the freshmen come in all naive and gullible and nervous and scared and seeing them develop over the four years and graduate strong, confident young women ready to take on the world uh, in all different facets, whether it's the working world, volunteering or so forth. And I think that is the beauty of my job. You know, I touch a lot of people's lives and hopefully I can help help in any way to, to develop these young people and mould them into uh, fantastic civilians. That is the most gratifying. It's great when you win a championship. It's almost like a personal pat on the back when you, when you lift the trophy up or you have a great year and... But ultimately, those those championships fade away in the past. Your relationships stay with you. And as I mentioned, Tessa Payne, a perfect example, and I've got thousands of examples of alumni who will reach out to me every every weekend. If I'm somewhere and they're nearby, they might come and watch. Um, sometimes they're asking for help, sometimes I'm asking them for help, and, and that's what makes my job special. It's, it's the people in it. It's the relationships you build, and uh, again, that leads to a lot of good fortune in every aspect. A few more questions as we wind down. 
family here in America. You mentioned them a little earlier. You're actually married to another Hofstra graduate, uh, Heather. Uh, would you call yourselves the two most successful uh, married Hofstra couple uh, that you're aware of? It depends on what you consider success. Uh, you know, two, Heather, two-sport athlete here at Hofstra University. There's a couple of those, isn't there? Yeah, there uh, is. Zach Wright and Julie True. Julie True was a two-sport athlete and Zach's an all-of-fame soccer player. Uh, Brian Spillina and Gina Spillina. Uh, Gina was a two-sport athlete, soccer lacrosse, and Brian's an all-American lacrosse player. Brendan O'Boyle and Tina O'Boyle. This seems like a list you've put together previously. Yeah, no, I, well, <laughs> somebody, you know, sometimes you, you've got an affinity to those people because you're living through their lives as well. And obviously Zach's one of my best friends. Um, so there are some very successful married couples out there. Uh, they all continue to be married with kids and from outside they look extremely happy with their lives and, and so am I. I've, I've been very fortunate. Heather gives me something which I lack and hopefully I give her something she lacks and we, we've got three crazy kids, uh, all varying different, different levels of crazy but uh, lovable and adorable in their own way so uh, again I don't like the word blessed because you know, that's got certain connotations, but I have been extremely fortunate in what, what life's thrown my way. And, you know, a wife with three kids, happily married, successful in, in life. Did you think 26 years ago, thinking in the future, that this was where you'd be in life in this, in this point? 26 years ago, coming off that plane, hitting the humidity off of JFK, I thought I would last three days in America. Uh, and maybe till Christmas, because I, I committed that to reaching out all that I'd stay till Christmas. Uh, I didn't expect to be here 26 years now. Um, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know what the future held in reference to Hofstra. Again, the job opened up at the right time. The head position opened up at the right time, and uh, the the bosses ever since have been very, very generous in their support to me, and uh, I'm extremely happy. And I love every aspect of Hofstra and the people that surround it, from from the secretaries to the custodians to the administrations to the players to my fellow coaching staff. I love coming to work. Uh, people will tell you that. I'm pretty happy with my life. I'm content. We've still got some business to do. Each year we want to get better and work harder. Uh, but overall, I, I'm one happy man. You sure sound like it. We'll finish up with some quick, just fun hitters. Just find out a little bit more about you. Um, favorite sports team from your home country? Well, people, talk, I've got two. Uh, Manchester United is obviously my favourite, but I should really support Barnsley. Uh, I played for Barnsley as a youth player. Uh, they're, they're my hometown team, but they're not very good in, refer in, in reference to the Premier League. So uh, Barnsley should be my love, and I do pay attention to Barnsley, but Manchester United is my favourite team. Uh, favourite American sports team? Again, I'm a, a sucker for losers. New York Mets, New York Jets, uh, Islanders, Rangers, you know, 
the New York teams I like to support. I don't know if I'm a, a fan, more of a supporter of those teams. I'm not fanatical about any of them. But those are those are the teams I will keep an eye on in the uh, newspapers. You have a favorite all-time movie. Favorite? Oh, that's a tough one. You can say pass if you'd like to. I love all sorts. Uh, Disney. I love Disney movies, especially with the kids. Uh, you know, uh, all those Pixar movies. Probably Goodfellas. I'm a big mafia okay. fan. I love reading about the mafia and those kind of stories. And being from New York, obviously, there's a lot of connections in different towns and so forth. So anything related to mafia and uh, the New York underworld, I like those type of movies. Uh, favorite food from England? Favorite food? Favorite American food? Oof. Oof. Favorite English food? Probably. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if it's English, but pork chops. I love pork chops. We, we, it's pork. Fine, I'll accept it. Yeah. And American? American food. Uh, I'd probably say Jim's Deli Quagmire Sandwich. <laughs> okay, we'll, t- we'll accept that. Sausage, egg and cheese from Jim's Deli. Okay. Uh, it's something I've had for the last 26 years consistently. Uh, greatest professional athlete you've ever seen play? Oof. Live? Sure. Wayne Cribbett. Oh, there we go. Obviously, there's some... Some local ties I'd like to throw in there as well. Uh, you can pass this one if you don't want to answer it. Greatest Hofstra athlete you've ever seen play. Doesn't have to be men's or women's soccer. Uh, it can be, though. Greatest Hofstra player I've ever seen play. There's quite a few, I think. Uh, I loved watching Speedy Claxton. Um Doug Shanahan. Doug Shanahan is the other one. He was a beast. And to be honest, I look back at just before where maybe they didn't get the accolades like a Dom Donado, Mike Rislegliano. Uh, you could go on and on. Yeah, Mark Cox. I loved watching those guys, Rory Moss. Do you have a favorite amongst the uh, two programs you've been associated with here for so long? Not uh, a favorite. That's poor word. poor word choice. Do you have somebody you feel is the greatest? Uh, I'd be remiss to not mention Leah Galton for us, uh, but Sue Weber to me was a winner on and off the field. Uh, and she probably built the program to where we are now. She was the pioneer of that. So those two stand out for me. And on the men's side, uh, I loved, obviously, I loved playing with Zach Knight. Uh, and I, I thought Michael Todd. A, I actually thought you were going to say that one. Was an epitome of Hofstra soccer. He was a hard-working kid. Had a little bit of nastiness with him, but you know he led from the front, and uh, I always liked watching him play. Well, Simon, we uh, thank you for taking the time to join us today on Pridecast and the, and being our first ever guest. Uh, and we'll look forward to chatting with more great Hofstra student athletes, coaches, and administrators in the coming weeks and months. Thanks, Simon. Awesome. Thanks, Steve.